Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, September the 1st, 2022, and we're continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, There is a Solution, page 25, the second paragraph, The Great Fact is Justice, and we're reading and commenting on that one paragraph only. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Jen P, the 12 Traditions, Nancy R, and readers of the text, Reva P, Nancy R, and Jen A. The share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, August the 31st, the 7 a.m. meeting, 19352, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 19353. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jen P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Jen. Uh, Good morning. This is Jen P., a recovering compulsive overeater in New Jersey. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. 
Thank you, Jen P. And Nancy R. is going to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Nancy. Thank you so much, Lynn. Good morning. Good morning, and good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Nancy R. in New York. I am a compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or, or committees or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much for letting me do this terrific service, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book in the chapter, There is a Solution. We're on page 25, the second paragraph. The great fact is just this. And Reva P., could you get us started, please? With pleasure. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. The great fact is just this and nothing else, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences 
which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. Okay, there is a lot in this paragraph. Um, good morning, I'm Reva P, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Uh, the word fact is mentioned twice in this one paragraph, which reminds me this is the truth. This is the truth and my disease and the insanity of this disease gets me to believe lies, gets me to believe that I need food, that food will make me feel better, that I can't handle things, um, that things are just too much, that I'm not gonna be okay, or that things are not gonna work out for me even though they work out for everybody else. Those are all lies and false beliefs. And the fact, this is the fact, that we have had deep and effective, so both, not just deep, not just effective, but both. Um, the word deep, you know, I find the long time in program, I don't learn more. Um, it's not like I know more big book, but recovery seems to go deeper. Um, it, it just feels deeper, um, hitting more at the core. And I think that's limitless. I don't think there's an end to that spiritual development. But it, not, it doesn't have to just be deep, because I could probably have some deep experience with a therapist, um, but it needs to be effective, and effective means producing the desired result, and the desired result is not just neutrality with the food, but like people shared yesterday, um, practicing the program in all my affairs, I think the ultimate is the step 12, um, where I live recovered um, in the rooms and outside the rooms. Um, so it goes way beyond the food um, and revolutionizing my whole attitude. Um, I constantly need to keep that in check with the step tens because I tend to veer off. It's sort of like a car going off the lane um, with my uh, old ideas. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't even begin to list all the things that um, God has done for me in my life. And um, I'm just trusting that he's going to carry me through my next challenges. Um, and just the reminder in that last sentence that it's my higher power who's accomplished the things that I could never do. I do the footwork. I do the steps. I do what I need to do in steps 10, 11, and 12. Um, but it's just that grace of God at the top of the page, grace of God that is accomplishing um, things that I can't even begin to explain um, or list. So it's miraculous. It's not magic. I have to do the work. I have to take the action. But it is miraculous. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Katie G. from Boston. Leah S. Lisa B. Vasa O. 
Karen W. Was that Aaron or Karen? Karen with a K. Thank you. Liz E. UK. Okay, let me tell you who I got. I heard Katie G, Leah S, Lisa B, Vasa O, Karen W, and Liz E. Katie G, could you start us off, please? Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, everyone. Katie G, recovered by God's grace and mercy, anorexic bulimic. You know, this is such a beautiful paragraph, and, um, you know, it makes me think of how I'm going to approach the newcomer and what I'm going to say to them. And um, I know that when I was really, when I really, 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 really was done, I just... I just knew that I had nothing else that was going to work and I knew that I needed God. And I just think it is so critical for me to recognize that the central fact, like it's not the central fact of my life today is not a food plan. The central fact of my life today is not a sponsor. The the central fact of my life today is not checking off the checkbox to be checkable, right? Like the central fact of my life today is God. He has entered into my mind and my heart in a way that is indeed miraculous. And what does that mean? It means that it is really easy for me to come on the line and puff myself up and say, I'm recovered and I'm so great. What's not easy is is to be honest. What's not easy is to say, you know what, I'm a human being and I don't want other people to see me and I don't want to be messy and I don't want to make mistakes. Right, but the minute I put a, a not, the minute I lie in any way, shape, or form, I'm putting a sign on my forehead that says, "God, do not enter." And I have to tell you, until I hit rock bottom, when exercise was the central fact of my life today, when I demanded that exercise try to accomplish the things that I couldn't do my for myself, that my children, my husband, my sweet baby girls were pushed aside so that I could have exercise, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It is not consistent. And today, the miracles, I have a miracle list. I have dear, dear friends who've told me the truth, who love me enough to say, you're too thin, you're sick, who love me enough to say, you've not been a good friend, but I love you and I want to be in your life today. I have neutrality with the scale. Does that mean I never want it? No, I want it, but I know it's wrong. I have kindness because I'm learning to be kind. I'm not screaming like a fire hose as people have called me on this line anymore. I'm not trying to be seen. I'm not a please love me aholic. I've survived a collapsed lung sitting in the hospital bed with my mom, my biological mom, who was the star of my resentment inventory for everyone I've ever done. And I sat with her and I loved her. She gave me a neck rub. She scratched my back. She'd never done that in the 43 years I've been alive. And for today, I have access to a God that helps me remember that I belong. Join us. It's a great place to be. Thanks. Thank you, Katie G. Leah S., it's your turn, followed by Lisa B. Welcome, Leah. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. Who can surpass this share? My name is Leah S. Good morning, everyone. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. 
Um, I'm also going to focus on the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. What does this all have to do with my food? You know, my food gave me temporary, real um real satisfaction it may it it put me it put me into a a kind of trans transmittal form it 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 just dominated my whole entire body and and of course it wore off but you know when when i go with honesty and when i go with um positivity in each situation in each situation, if I go with that, then God is just there. He's right there. You can feel it. It's something that you can actually experience. And then when you finish experiencing that, you can still experience it because you continue to be um, positive and um, honest and that is about my food, and that is about the events in my life, and that is about everything about me. Oh my goodness, this is um, too um, too much for me to say, but these are the most important points that I thought about. And thank you for letting me share. And thank you, Leah S. Lisa B., it's your turn, followed by Vasa O., Go ahead, Lisa. Good morning. My name is Lisa B, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. One of my favorite paragraphs, um, you know, it's about a change of heart entered into my heart. That's the biggest thing for me. You know, it's a change of heart in my heart. It's not a one and done thing. You know, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I really hit a wall, an emotional and spiritual wall. What I was doing wasn't enough anymore, and I got into a lot of emotional and spiritual pain. I did not have any thoughts or desire for food at all, thank God. I had neutrality with food, but I kept wondering, what's happening? And it's like I was scraping the bottom of a barrel where I had been going to for my resource, my sustenance. It was all dried up. You know, it just wasn't enough anymore. What I had been doing, the practices, and um, I really had to go inside and pray. I needed to go through the steps. You know, it's funny. I joined some groups where we went through the steps many times. I was able to have new, new awarenesses, new experiences, and I realized that I had some hard, cold spots of my heart that just we're there, you know, and we just get taken, I get taken through this journey through a process, a slow, slow, sometimes it's like a slow defrosting process, you know, for me. And this is the great fact, you know, that the create, my creator, my creator, the God of my understanding, I really needed to go on to a journey and, and dig through other books and other modalities other than just our big book, just like it says in our step 11 directions in our big book, you know, I needed to be willing to look to other places. And I, I joined a Bible study. I joined a lot of different prayer groups. And I began incorporating these steps with that. And I had a new experience, a new experience. And what I realized is that I was worshiping me, you know, and I could still go to that place where I worship me. I worship my body. I worship what other people think of me. 
I, I worship so many things and it's uh it's painful, you know, it's painful, this revolutionary experience that happens. And it is the central fact of my life today. And it is a miraculous experience. And this happens with neutrality and in a state of being recovered, you know. And I like that word indeed. It is indeed miraculous. I understand more of what that word indeed means. And it's an absolute certainty. And it's going to continue to happen and continue to deepen. And I've heard people say, what I did last year is not going to be enough. <clears throat> for my recovery today and if I want to have this as a permanent recovery I'm going to need to continue to deepen and continue to surrender on on every level and um, I love that it's a shift it's a change it's a revolution the, the government of Lisa is overthrown you know the government of God is there for today by God's grace and I love the podcasts on there is a solution on this meeting that we have on our website they've really helped me understand more and more of what these paragraphs mean and um, i'm just so grateful to be here and thank you so much for your service i pass thank you lisa b vasa o it's your turn followed by karen w welcome vasa thank you good morning everyone thank you lynn for your service and i'm vasa grateful grateful recovered compulsive overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts, and uh, I was, after suffering for so long, so many years with the food addiction, which I did not know that was called a disease, I had the allergy, or it was called eating disorder, and I thought I needed to manage it by my own power, by my own willpower, and I did it for many, many, many years. And whatever I did, it just never worked. I'm just so grateful that God put um, my higher put, my higher power, put a, sh- a sponsor in my life, a person that uh, introduced me to the uh, to the program of Overeaters Anonymous, and she was the one that told me about allergy, about the compulsion, about a higher power, and the solution. I mean, I heard it with different ear, with different ears, because I was so desperate and I was so ready to hear what the solution was. I was just so excited. I said, after all these many years, I've tried to control it. I couldn't do it. You mean this is going to do? She said, Yeah, because it's worked for me and it's worked for other people. So why wouldn't it work for you? You know, and you are God's child too. And I was just so ready and I was just so willing, excited, excited. And she said, I needed to find a power greater than myself. And I remember saying, I, I, what's such a big deal? I will surrender. I will get on my knees, you know, and I'm not telling everybody to get on their knees, but I was ready and willing to surrender. I said, that's going to help me. Of course I will, you know, and I did. And I'm just so grateful that somebody somebody told me what to do, and I did it. And I did have that spiritual experience, that moment in my bathroom when I surrendered to the to to my higher power. And that's when it entered. It says here, the central fact of our life today is the absolute. Uh, sen- uh, oh, certainty that. Uh, that my creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is, is indeed 
in, in, miracle. I'm sorry, I can't read my writing. Miraculous. It was a miracle what happened to me that night, and that's the that was my first night. I came to OA, and that was that my experience, and that's what kept me coming back. If I didn't have that experience, I don't think I would have had the patience. But I surrender to the program, the 12 steps, higher power, whatever, whatever. I didn't want to die. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, Karen W., it's your turn, followed by Liz E. Good morning, Karen. Hi, good morning. Thank you. Um, this is Karen W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. And uh, I think my favorite line in the whole book is, uh, he has commenced to accomplish those things for us, which we could never have done by ourselves. And I was reviewing some of my recent uh, nightly reviews. And very frequently I say, you know, what I could have done better was be more more God conscious. So given the fact that I need to be more God conscious, right, the things that have changed in my life are incredible. I can't imagine if I was completely God-conscious what might be happening. Um, we, I'm supposed to be on vacation right now. We had a three-week uh, trip planned. Uh, we are um, going to be at least one week delayed, maybe more, because my partner is uh, possibly suffering from long-term COVID. We don't know yet. He um, hasn't been diagnosed. But I had a step 10 the other day about my um, my my attitude, disappointment, selfishness regarding the delay in the trip. And I started off by saying to, to, to this fellow, I'm setting my timer for two minutes and I just need to ramp. And about 30 seconds in, it was like, this is stupid, stop, shut up, and give you a step. That is so not me because I would really want you to know how blah, blah, blah things were. And, and I'm not catastrophizing. I have some moments of disappointment. But... Um, God is doing to me what I certainly could never, ever do for myself. I would have been a real mess, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm disappointed, but life goes on, and what's important is, is my recovery, his recovery, and the food, thank God, has not even entered into it. Um, it's, it's, God definitely has come into my life, and he's doing amazing things. And um, so anybody who's new, it's so much, it, you know, yeah, putting down the food and and, and you know that that's all wonderful, but what comes after that is 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 crazy good. And um, I'm going to pass with that. And thank you all again. Thank you, Karen W. And Liz E. Please go ahead. Good morning. Good afternoon. This is Liz E. For elegant recovered compulsive overeater in Bristol, Southwest England. Thank you very much to everyone doing service here today. I'm so, so grateful. Oh, wow. This is just such a, an amazing paragraph. And what, you know, what amazes me about this book is every paragraph stands on its own and is packed with so much gold. It's unbelievable. And really just to encourage any newcomers or any shy sharers, just press star one, unmute, Speak up, even if you don't know what you're going to say. I don't know what to say. And somehow words will come out your mouth. Um, so for me, the word that really sticks out for me is certainty. And that not that amazing? 
that the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our creator, with a capital C, has entered into our hearts. And this is a program of action and a program with promises. And the certainty does happen, but you do need to take the action. And, you know, I am feeling disturbed today um, and uneasy and a bit off. And I need to, I know I need to take more action. And after this meeting, I need to uh, speak to another compulsive overeater because I have the certainty today that I have got the tools. I've got a kit bag of uh, resources that help me because I now understand that food was only ever my solution for my ickiness inside, my feeling uncomfortable, my feeling of something off inside, all of those things. I would use food to um, bring me up or bring me down as an upper or a downer. And I just know that every day I grow and every day my uh, experience deepens and deepens and is better. And it is proportionally related to the amount of action and the amount of service and the amount of outreach that I do. The more I do, the more um, I get and the more miracles I receive. Thank you, everybody. Um, I'll pass. Bye. Thank you, Lizzie. For those of us who might have come online a little bit later this morning, we're continuing our study of the big book and the chapter, There is a Solution. We're on page 25, the second paragraph, The Great Fact is Just This. So the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Nancy Patty Kate. Melissa, Melissa Singh. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. I heard Nancy P, Patty O, Melissa C. And I think there might have been a Jennifer. Was I right there? Jennifer C. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? And and Mara. Pardon me? Mara. M-A-R-A. And your initial, Mara? B. Thank you. Heidi L. Great. Got it. Okay. This is who I have. Nancy P. Patty O, Melissa C, Jennifer C, Mara B, and Heidi L. Please go ahead, Nancy. Hi, good morning. Um, thank you for letting me share. Nancy P, recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. So um, deep and effective to me is what this is all about. It means to be more concentrated, not necessarily bigger. And I owe nothing to myself and everything to this thing that takes care of me and keeps me safe. Um, but I was direly afraid it wouldn't work for me. I had so much history in OA with things not working. You know, I've sat in meetings jealous, 
angry and resentful and thinking, how come her and not me? How come her and not me? And I had no fellowship, no friends, and no serenity. But what I didn't realize was that just reading the book doesn't mean I'm recovered. I didn't want a deep and effective spiritual experience. I thought I could make do with something less, the you know, the like the lick and a promise spiritual experience. And as usual, Nancy P. wanted to start at the end and look back and see the results of her non-work and move on with the rest of my life, thinking about myself and how other people needed to think about me and then how was I going to get what I wanted. And the devil is always in the details, deep and effective. Not deep if I'm spreading it thin over my life and not effective if I don't do the work. And I had to start at the beginning, not at the end. I acted like the doctor in the emergency room at a busy hospital. You know, they have to look at catastrophes and they have only a few minutes to decide what needs to be done and how to do it. And I thought that reading the book or just being me, you know, because I'm special, allowed me to draw a conclusion and that the conclusion was the solution. And everything that ever happened to me never made me stop and take stock. It only spurred me on to more frantic action. All these catastrophes in my life just spurred me on to more frantic action, usually starting with picking, you know, eating food. Um, after which I'd say, well, that didn't work. And, and, and I, never, I never let anything work its natural course. And it was only when I had nothing, nothing on my roster that I finally, finally, finally got to where I could go to the beginning. And today my life is, you know, packed full with wonderfulness and amazingness. Even when my life sucks, which it often does, it's still fantastic. And I have friends and I have fellowship and I have serenity and I don't pick fights ever with anybody, real or imagined fights, you know. Anything that gives me mental disquiet, I turn away and I'm not interested. And the only two things that I'm interested in are the state of my spiritual wakefulness and the strength of my surrender. Surrender is everything. It all begins and ends with surrender, surrender, surrendering. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Patty O., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Welcome, Patty. Hi, everybody. My name is Patty O., and I live in Florida. And um, I'm very new. I have 62 days of abstinence from um, my food compulsion and um, this is what I think this paragraph means to me or how it applies to me is that it said which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life towards our fellows and towards God's universe and um, I'm just going to tell you experience from this past Saturday I was just overcome the whole day by life my what's happening in my life the sorrow of a missing son who's out there somewhere doing his own thing um frustration with different with the printer and to my computer and just my sister who is not living her life like i think she should and just overwhelmed by this life and I came home, I got home around 6.30, and I uh, I sat in my chair. I, you know, I didn't want to cook my abstinence dinner. I wanted to go to a drive-thru. Um, so I sat in my chair and just cried and cried and cried. And I asked my higher power to please help me to not go to the drive-thru, to give me the energy to go cook my abstinence dinner 
with the hope that some that I would get some relief. And I did. I I made my accident dinner. I did not I wanted food so bad, ached for it, and knew what was waiting for me if I picked it up. And so I did not eat that night. And that is a revolutionary change. And I think it's directly a result of of asking God to help me. But why does, my question, I guess, is why does it have to come to such sorrow, such pain before I go to my higher power? Um, I have a wonderful sponsor. I'm doing this fourth step, which is so much work. Not like digging a ditch work, but but mental work, thinking and Anyway, I just, I I have hope um, that maybe this program, if I be honest and just do the best that I can, that I'll get some relief. Thank you for listening to me. Patio from Florida. Thank you, Patio. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Jennifer C. Good morning, Melissa. <laughs> Oh, good morning, Lynn. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And this really is my favorite paragraph. It says exactly what the solution is. You know, and it says what happened to me that God, like God, <laughs> it's crazy, entered my heart. This like normal, you know, New York 53-year-old woman walks around with God in my heart today. And when God enters into a human heart, like what he accomplishes is miraculous. It's huge changes. And I think, you know, I want to gently say it, but I know I have to say it because we never apologize for God. This paragraph actually answers the question, can you recover and remain a non-believer? Can you recover and actually remain agnostic? And no, actually not if, you know, not if this is the paragraph that explains what it means to be recovered because, you know, an agnostic is defined as one who is uncertain about the existence of God and further doesn't believe that anybody can truly know God's existence. And this paragraph says, no, this, because the central fact is my certainty that I am certain that all of the miracles that this recovery has gifted me is because there is a living creator and not just a living creator that's like, you know, in the, in the sky doing miraculous things for the universe, but actually for me. Like, you know, and I think like when we come in here, that sounds crazy. Like I remembered, I struggled with that. I thought, can I just do everything else and not believe? Like, do I really have to believe? And, um, yeah, you really have to believe because the next paragraph answers that. It's like, you know, if you're eating and binging and purging and starving and controlling and doing all your stuff and your life sucks, you have the choice of either chase down a miracle, which means you're going you're gonna to decide to believe or go on doing what you're doing. And, you know, there really is a God who cares about us, cares about what I put in my mouth, which sounds crazy, but it's true. And it's the central fact of my life, you know, and 
you know, here's the thing, right? If God enters your heart and your life, and, you know, if this living creator is inside our hearts walking around, we get a new attitude. You know, what's my new attitude? I'm going back to school today. I've been, you know, off for all summer long. I actually woke up smiling and laughing and not, like, pissed that I've got to go to work like the rest of the world. Um, I have a softer and more accepting lens of myself, of others, of imperfections. I'm not terrified of changes of, of anything. I, You know, God lives in my heart. You know, when God lives in our heart, food is quiet. And that's my truth. But that I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Jennifer C., it's your turn, followed by Mara B. Good morning, Jennifer. Hi, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, thank you, Melissa C. Uh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful articulation of that paragraph. Um, it's also one of my favorites. And, you know, God started this. You know, that word commence, he started it. So if you doubt whether God wants this for you, guess what? He started it. He started it. If we're on the line this morning, we've already been given the start of this miraculous work. Because how many compulsive readers are out there that are not on this line this morning, that have not been um, introduced yet to this solution? So if you're on the line and you're still in the food, just know that the work has already been started. Um, And God always finishes what he starts. And that's the other good news, right? Because even though my recovery requires my faithfulness to certain disciplines, um, it really depends on the central fact of my life today, which is that God started this thing. God has my back. And if you're doubting whether God wants this for you, You don't have to doubt that anymore because God has your back too. He started this. He brought you here this morning. Um, God is a rescuer, right? Full-time job. He's a rescuer. He's a healer. He's a healer. He wants to heal my pain, my emotional pain, my physical pain. God is a healer and God has my back. Um, This girl was super rebellious super duper rebellious. If there was a way to stay abstinent without being abstinent, I would have figured it out because I tried for years to be abstinent without being abstinent. And I got to tell you, there's no way to do it. Right. But if I could find any loopholes, that was my full-time job for the longest time. And if no one knew about it, it didn't happen. That was my theology, right? Today, I live a surrendered life. I put little you know, crumbs of food back in the container if the scale says it's a little bit too much. Why? Not because it matters that it's a point, you know, two ounces over, but you know what? It's a difference between surrender and me thinking I know better. And when it comes to food, I am completely resigned. God has used food in my life to teach me what surrender is really all about. It's a microcosm. And so for me, it always has to start with the food. I can never be too spiritual to not be abstinent. I can never be too spiritual to not take my abstinence. So important because this is a chiseling, right? Like I want God's life to live through me, but I have blockages in my heart, right? That's why I need heart surgery. And good news, God's also a heart surgeon. So 
this chiseling that has to happen, this root and branch process that Bill talks about, right? He asked for his sins to be removed, root and branch, not just the branch, but the root. And when things are being uprooted, it doesn't feel good, but is a work that has to get done so that God's life can live more and more and more through me. And that's what we're all So this relationship that I have with God today is the most real fact of my life. I can't get away with anything in this relationship because he's all present, all knowing, and everything matters. And I'm so grateful for this line this morning. With that, I pass. Thank you, Jennifer C. Mara B., it's your turn, followed by Heidi L. Please go ahead, Mara. Press star one to unmute. Hi, I'm Mara, recovered, not cured, compulsive overeater from Japan, currently in Texas. Um, and what I just wanted to share, thank you for the reader, thank you for everyone that came before me, is that, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences, and there's definitely a whole um, appendix in the back to explain spiritual experience um, because to the newcomer, the person is still struggling. Um, they may not understand what that word means, so that will help you. Um, but what I wanted to land on, it says, which have revolutionized. And that's a big word because um, our whole attitude toward life. And I looked up revolutionize, and it means to radically or fundamentally change. Um, and that's a big deal because the the eyes in which I can look at life would be through a very selfish and self-centered and self-pity viewpoint. You know, poor pitiful me, poor, you know, this is because of this, is, you know, oh, my gosh, rather than seeing my part in it. Um, that was, I mean, what part did I play? It, it was always someone else's part. It was never my part. And it says that I'm going to look at my life. It says my fellows and toward God's universe. So it gives me um, a pair of glasses to see things differently. Um, and currently, I have a lot of new life going on. I'm a new grandmother and a week ago and having to deal with, you know, new people, new comments, new different things. Um, and today I can look at my part in it and see what I'm playing in it, um, my old ideas how, or how I feel like people should react. Um, and today I have a new pair of glasses to look out and say, okay, maybe they're feeling this way or maybe they're feeling that way. Or maybe this is what's going on. Um, and today I can look at the whole picture um, and not just my viewpoint. Thanks for letting me share. And thank you, Mara A. Heidi L., it's your turn. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, everyone across the world. My name is Heidi. I am a compulsive overeater. And I'm sitting here thinking that, you know, I got the food down. It's good. Got some physical recovery. It's good. I've got a new apartment lined up that God just sort of plunked in my lap. 
that's less expensive than the one I'm in right now. I've got two beautiful kids. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing, and I'm not happy, joyous, or free. I make, and I think that I'm constitutionally incapable of being happy, joyous, and free. Um, and I need to, and I've been in these rooms for a long, long time, and I go through phases where I'm happier, but the whole happy, joyous, and free through all of me, I don't do right now. Um, and I need, I need to do a little bit more to get a little bit more happy, joyous, and free. Um, and who am I to say, with there's 400 and some odd people on the line, and there's from all over the world. Like, it's just, it's this meeting is an inspiration. All of you are an inspiration. And I have a little lump in my throat as I'm looking out at my view and thinking, I, I can't be happy, joyous, and free. Um, so who am I to say that I can't be? And I need, I, I don't know, I just, I need to ask for help or I need to just do a little bit more or just feel a little bit more gratitude or allow God into my heart just a little bit more. Um, and I heard somebody say today earlier about like the loopholes, like if there's a way to be abstinent but not be abstinent, I would have found it. Um, I do believe that I'm abstinent right now. Um, and I sometimes hide behind gratitude um, anyways, I just, I'm sharing that and I'm going to ask for help today and I'm going to do a couple of phone calls and there you go. Thank you all very, very much. And I'm grateful to you all. Thank you. And thank you, Heidi L. We have time for one more share. Who would like that time? Louise D. Margaret D. Louise, please go ahead. Hi, everybody. This is Louise D. from New York. Um, I love this paragraph. And for me, uh, you know, on my spiritual journey, when I think about being rocketed into the fourth dimension, and whenever I've had those moments, for me, it's always been where I've put God before the day-to-day frustrations and problems and issues in my life, you know, just saying, God, you mean more than this earth. You mean more to me than what's going on here and now. It may not be what I like, you know, and taking my spiritual prayer out of God, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do that? And sometimes it's real good stuff. I want everybody healed and everybody happy, but it's still my will and in my timing, and it's not my will and it's not my timing. It's about God, what, what, how he's going to do it, and me, as Nancy said, surrendering to that, that I'm not in charge. And I can, you know, I may get frustrations, and, but just having a resting premise that God is more important and God will handle it in his time and his way and getting out of that way. And when I can do that, I can experience some of what Bill's talking about being rocketed into that fourth dimension. When I'm struggling in self-will, I'm, I'm not there, you know. And, and it's a process and an evolution, but 
believing that my higher power has got this. You know, he's he's making the waves crash. I live in Rockaway. I'm on the ocean. I see it. I feel it. He's he's doing everything, and I'm not doing it. I'm not even beating my own heart. He's doing that for me. And surrendering the rest of it and letting him be in charge and having that overriding feeling that you're more important. You're first. And thank you. With that, I pass. And thank you, Louise. Margaret D., we've got time for a quick share if you'd like to get in there. Thanks, Lynn. Yes. Um, hey, my name is Margaret D. I'm in Georgia, and I'm, I'm so, I really am grateful to be a recovered compulsive eater. For, um, for me, the great, fact, the great fact is this. It's so simple. <clears throat> there is a God, and I'm not it. And it just seems like everything flows out of that. It's really crazy. And yet, I I was crazy. I thought I was God. How embarrassing to have to admit that to yourself. How um, humiliating to actually realize how crazy and insane you've been. And yet, through the power of God's kindness and God's mercy and God's love, that gift was given to me. That you know what, Margaret? It's so simple. You you don't have to worry about this. I've got everything, and all I had to do was go. Oh, okay. And I hear a lot about surrendering. I think for me, the next step has been once the surrender has taken place, is to practice alignment over and over and over again. Um, I can surrender and then sit on my haunches and just go, well, you know, God, I surrendered. Um, So, you know, the rest of it's up to you. But being taught to align myself with my higher power is just opening up whole new worlds. It's like God's leading the way and I'm just holding his hand or God's holding my hand. But anyways, it's just a totally new life, a totally new way of living. And it is the central fact of my life that there's a God and it's not me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Margaret B. Thank you to everyone who shared this morning and to Team Thursday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for this morning, Thursday, September the 1st, the 7 a.m. meeting is 19355. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Nancy R., would you please read A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to Be Suggestive Only. Yes, thank you. It's Nancy R., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Illinois. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.